Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. So today I wanted to talk about self-sabotage. So just starting with a disclaimer, self-sabotage is by no means my, my focal point or what I'm an expert in, but I have learned a lot about it through the lens of both neuroscience and behavioral science, and I do think it's still very helpful And so I just want to share that knowledge and help provide you with some helpful nuggets. So in looking at what self-sabotage is, it's when we engage in actions that ultimately are preventing us from reaching our goals in some way, shape, or form. You know, we're, we're sabotaging us from obtaining what we actually desire. And these actions or the lack thereof can be either conscious or unconscious. You know, sometimes you might not even realize that you are self-sabotaging until later on or until you do some self-reflection. And it's something that we all do at some point, but it's something that we can also work towards moving past. So for clarification purposes, looking at self-sabotage and how this can show up, it can show up as doing things that aren't aligned with your goals. You know, maybe you have a goal to do X and doing Y is not conducive to that goal, but you continue to do it. It can be all or nothing thinking. It can be just quitting altogether, doing things that you see have a negative impact on you, choosing instant gratification instead, being in a mentality of lack, talking yourself out of doing what's beneficial to you, procrastination, perfectionism, letting yourself focus on mindless distractions instead of doing the thing, being really rigid in your thinking, negative self-talk, reaching a goal and then undoing the progress that you made, all sorts of things. And again, realize that these are things that we all do. It's part of the human experience. It's part of human nature. So recognize that If as you're thinking about this, you're like, oh, snap. Yeah, that's me. That's me. That's okay. That is totally fine. The first step and the most important step is awareness anyway, and it can be uncomfortable and that's okay. But again, also remind yourself that this is human nature and the awareness and being able to sit with that discomfort to recognize your actions and the effects of those actions is what's going to allow you to ultimately overcome doing that and reach the goals that you have, you know, get what you do desire. And when it comes to the why of us us doing these actions, I mean, it really is so layered. There are a variety of things that can play into why we procrastinate or why we have perfectionism, why we have negative self-talk. So there are different layers to why we're doing what we're doing, and it can look different for each individual. You know, you can take three people who really struggle with procrastination and the reason why that that's happening could look different for all three of them. But some general reasons of why we self-sabotage include just habitual patterns, what we're used to doing. It's so much easier for our brains to do what it's used to doing. There's fear of the unknown. Kind of bouncing off from the last point, our brains really like what's known what it's used to, what it's comfortable with. And so if we're not being super intentional, we may innately just tend to do, again, what we're used to doing or what's the easiest option in that moment. And then there's our beliefs and mindsets. Those play a huge role in what we do. There's lack of self-worth. There's discomfort. 
if something makes us uncomfortable, we may lean into what we find more comfortable. And sometimes it's also just a lack of awareness. We aren't even realizing what we're doing or the effects that it's having on us. So as I've learned about self-sabotage, again, both through the lens of through behavioral science and neuroscience, they both brought up that the same two things were needed in order to move away from self-sabotaging behaviors. The first was that you need awareness. You have to be aware of what you're doing and the effects of what you're doing in order to make any kind of change. And then the second thing was that it requires effort. You have to be willing to put in the effort to make a change in order to see a change. Change requires change, my friends. And again, I fully realize that this this is an, can be a very uncomfortable process. And so I invite you to remind yourself that discomfort is okay. Our instinctual response may be to run away from discomfort and go find comfort to make ourselves feel better. But this is where the growth is. Recognizing that we're feeling uncomfortable, being able to sit with it, seeing the benefit of it, knowing that we're growing from it, and continue to move on from there. So something that's really beneficial for people to understand about human behavior, which I personally believe is really helpful in you changing your own behavior, is what's known as the thought loop. And that essentially is the understanding that a different stimulus or situation or circumstance create certain thoughts and those thoughts lead to feelings that we have and those feelings lead to actions or behaviors. This definitely doesn't actually always play out in this perfectly linear way by any means but what's important here is understanding that they all have an effect on each other right so different circumstances and situations do affect different thoughts that we have. They make us feel certain ways. They cause us to take certain actions. You know, certain feelings cause certain actions. Certain actions cause certain thoughts. And it's important to know that our our thoughts, you know, the different thoughts that float through our head, the mindsets that we have, the beliefs that we hold, the perspectives through the lens that we're viewing things, those all have a really big impact on why certain things make us feel a certain way, and our behaviors. I also think it's really empowering for people to understand neuroplasticity or even just knowing that that exists. So a very common saying in neuroscience is that the neurons that fire together, wire together. And this means that when an experience is repeated, those same neurological connections fire. And so certain thoughts and actions that have been repeated many times are going to have a very strong connection. For example, if for a while now, every single time that you've come home from work, you have went and grabbed a bag of chips, there's a now a very strong connection between you coming home from work and your body going and grabbing a bag of chips. Or if when you look in the mirror, negative thoughts pop up, there may be a really strong neurological connection there. But thanks to neuroplasticity, we can rewire these connections. Without going too much into the whole of neuroscience and neuroplasticity today, really just understand that sometimes that certain thoughts and behaviors that we do, do come from 
strong neurological connections in our brain, but we can change those, right? And one of the keys to actually changing our behaviors is believing that we can change. So if you've gotten to a point where you're like, yeah, I I notice I do this thing. I really want to work on overcoming that or moving away from it because I notice that it's sabotaging the goals that I have or me getting to where I desire. Start with awareness and that starts with paying attention. What is leading you to your behaviors? Notice the when, where, why, and what your feelings are. What's the environment that you're in? Who are you around? What are your perceptions? What kind of mindsets are coming up? And reflect on where could you be making some changes? And then outside of awareness, mindset can play a big role. You can play around with changing your mindset, changing your perspectives, thinking about things in terms of being curious, seeing things in a more neutral way, seeing things as a learning opportunity, asking yourself what you can learn and leaning into beneficial beliefs for and about yourself. Once you have awareness around your self-sabotaging behavior that you're working on, there are a few different things that you can do to help with this, to help to start to make a change. One is to blunt the co-firing pattern. So in the example I gave earlier, where when you're coming home from work and you walk through the front door and you're used to just grabbing that bag of chips, you can interrupt that pattern. The timing is really important from a neurological perspective. So you can simply just create more time and space between the time that you walk in the front door and you go and grab the bag of chips. You can also play around with disrupting that pattern as a whole. Maybe that means going and doing something else before you come home from work that's not in your normal routine. Maybe that's setting out a different kind of snack that's front and center. Right when you get home, that's what you see. And it's done so in an obvious way. So it reminds you, hey, we're, we're working on choosing this option instead. So take a look at what may be the pattern for what you're doing and how you can either increase the amount of time between your thought or your feeling or, you know, a specific action and that other action or disrupting it by changing up your routine or choosing a different action instead. You can also remove any kind of triggers that you notice. And you can also think about how you feel while you're doing that action and especially right after you do it. Because then you're starting to associate doing that thing with that feeling that you don't love, that you're trying to move away from having. So again, the basis of behavior change really lies in having awareness. So that requires paying more attention having more attention and bringing more awareness around your thoughts and your actions. And, you know, if there's one specific thing that you're doing that you don't know why you're doing it or you're trying to move away from doing that, let's say procrastination or mindlessly scrolling on your phone instead of going up and going to the gym, or if you're choosing to eat in ways that don't align with the goals that you have, pay attention to all the things surrounding that action. What is the circumstance that you're in? What's the environment? Who are you around? What kind of thoughts are going through your head? What kind of mindset are you in? And this is all just awareness, right? And we don't need to judge or critique or make any of this mean anything bad or negative or that we're doing something wrong. We're just bringing awareness, getting curious about it. We can see this from a a neutral lens. We're just collecting data. 
And then we can use that information to help us start to show up differently. And just taking a second to touch on guilt, because I think that can be so common coming up when really just when we're realizing we're self-sabotaging in some way, or we know we're acting in in certain ways that don't align with the goals that we have or the version of ourselves we want to be. Guilt definitely can go hand in hand with self-sabotage. So understand that guilt is partially just your brain wanting to feel in control again after you maybe feel out of control in some kind of way, or you know you're not acting in alignment with what may be best for you or most beneficial towards your goal. But instead of guilt actually helping, it tends to put us in a more of a fixed mindset, which is not conducive to us learning or growing or working towards changing our behaviors. And guilt alone can lead us to seek comfort. And not always, but fairly often, the things that we end up seeking comfort out in doesn't fully align with our goals. And that's not to say don't try to comfort or soothe yourself, you know, in appropriate ways. But specifically working with guilt here, we can notice that the guilt is there. Again, we can work on viewing things from that perspective of curiosity and neutrality and wanting to learn and choosing to meet ourselves with self-compassion, right? We're not going to hate ourselves into a version of ourselves that we love. We're not going to hate ourselves into doing what's best for us. Guilt may feel like it's necessary or a big motivator, but in reality, it's not. And so we can start to practice showing up to ourselves again with those different perspectives and with self-compassion. Understanding that we are human, we're not going to be perfect. I don't care how bad you want to be perfect, it's not going to happen. Know that sometimes it's uncomfortable and that's okay. Know that it's not always easy and that's okay. Know that it's normal to want to quit trying in whatever your endeavor is. And understand part of self-compassion is showing up for yourself. And part of showing up for ourselves is sometimes choosing to make the hard choices that ultimately benefits you, okay? Sometimes we need to choose to show up for ourselves and sometimes we need to commit to choosing ourselves and showing up for ourselves and acting from a place of love for ourselves, respect for ourselves, even if that feels foreign to you in this moment, especially with specific actions, start leaning into that, you know, instead of what's the easy option, what feels best in the moment, What is actually best for me? What shows me that I love me or I respect me? And how can I come from that place in this this moment? So that's my quick little spiel on self-sabotage. I would love to know if this resonated with you, if you found any particular great nuggets in here. I would absolutely love if you share this to your social media, if you found it of value or share it with someone who may find it beneficial. But at the end of the day, I am so glad that you are here. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you have a fabulous day.